What is good? Let's have some fun. The Fundamism Podcast with your host Paul J. Long and all things fun. We'll let the fun begin. Woo! What is good, everybody, and welcome to the first episode ever of Fundamism Connecting the Workplace and Life Through Fun. I'm your host, Mr. Paul J. Long, and I just want to welcome everybody here with the Fundamism community. This, of course, is a podcast where we explore all things fun and creating a culture of experience, not only in your individual life, but also in the workplace. Every single podcast, we feature a new and unique guest who explores their own willingness to have fun, and uh, we create a little bit of a memorable experience for our listeners. So today's featured guest and first ever, my close personal friend and one of the most interesting dudes on the planet, Mr. Larry Perez. Larry Perez, welcome, sir. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> so, uh, Larry, you know, typically you go out into public and you talk to folks and uh, there's a couple of topics of conversation that come up like clockwork regularly. This is not that podcast. We don't talk about what everybody else is talking about. You go out and you meet somebody. Typically, what are some of the topics that are coming up in conversation? Sure. Actually, I was interested in speaking about the weather. Oh, you things were? Like, I actually, I was. No, um, really, it's a lot of topics end up really being pretty surface. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, uh, you know, in my experience, the three things that typically come up like clockwork in conversation uh, amongst the closest people in my life, as well as individuals that I don't even know are weather, work, and friends. So you nailed the first one. So uh, I'd like to start a little bit unconventionally, Larry, before we get into who the heck you are and what you do, I want to start with uh, the most important aspect of everything that we talk about here on the Fundamism Podcast. What do you do for fun, man? Well, relax is probably up there towards the top of the, the list, for sure. Fun, playing guitar. I'm a musician. have been all my life, really, since I was a kid. Um, anything artsy, anything right brain. If you can tap into the right brain, that's where I'm at. I mean, that's where I live. After many, many years of living in the left brain and trying to control everything, and you kind of realize from that aspect of things in life that there's more to life. Well, I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more about that left brain and those experiences growing up. But before we do so, um, you know, you had talked a little bit about the creative space and, and living in all things that are, that are fun, specifically for you. You talked about music and, and, and freedom. You didn't use the term freedom, but uh, that's what I heard you say when it comes to relaxation and doing the things that you love. So talk to us a little bit about the personal freedom that, that doing things that are fun gives you. Sure. I mean, it's <laughs> obviously it's free. You know, you, I get up in the morning, really, I'll just give you kind of a rundown of my day. Uh, for all intensive purposes, I consider myself to be retired, right? At 50. So I get up, I just kind of go along with the day right in the moment. That's, that's how I feel. I mean, if I'm guided to do something, that's what I go do. Those are the things that are fun to me. You know, I, I think back to when I was in the corporate world. Everything was structure. Everything was linear. Every, everything was sequential. 
things had to be done at a certain time, that kind of thing. And after so many years of that, you kind of get to a point where it's like, what about me? What, what are the things that I like to do? What, what really drives me to be alive, you know, on any one given day? And I think for me, getting up, just basically being guided through the day. No, I try my best not to have made any decisions throughout the day. I try to just take things as they come, live in the moment. Um, I have found that really thinking too much in the future, even a few minutes into the future, gives me anxiety. Thinking too much into the past kind of brings up, you know, issues of anger, things like that. And I just found this peaceful place. It's... uh, living in the moment, doing what I enjoy doing, whether that's playing guitar, whether that's doing my photography, coming up with different concepts, discussions with people that are a little bit more meaningful or some people say deep. I like that. Uh, As opposed to surface talk, you know, that a lot of people tend to want to have that kind of conversation with you. So, uh, you know, in a nutshell, I'm guided every day. I do my best to, to live that way, and the fun things show up. And, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You said about seven things that piqued my interest, uh, and I'm sure our listeners as well. So the first thing that we'll start with is you said, for all intents and purposes, you are retired at the age of 50. Um, despite that, I know that you have multiple revenue streams, and I'm sure our listeners are wondering who the heck you are and what the heck that you do. But the thing that really resonated with me about that statement is knowing that you have revenue streams and that you do work, but you consider yourself retired, just showcases the fact that if indeed you gravitate towards something that gives you strength, if you're having fun and you're living your purpose and your passion, then in reality, you're not working at all. You're just retired and living and loving life. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. A a thousand percent. When I say retired, I am retired from the old world. The world of you must get up and, and the goals that you have for today have everything to do with somebody else and not yourself. And, and I think when you start to put yourself in charge of, you know, uh, the things that you love and you, I know it sounds kind of selfish, but it's really not at the end of the day. I mean, this was the life that I was given. I'm here to live the thing, live it out the way that I want to. And, you know, I give back also. And that's my way of helping, uh, helping other people accomplish their goals. I'm just not uh, embedded in their goals, like for a career or, or anything like that. So when I say retired, I mean I'm I'm done with with that old world. Sure, you know, I love it's my, it. It's my turn. So uh, you mentioned it's it's my turn, and and you've also referenced multiple different fun things, uh, fun things that I call fundamism. So if you're new to the concept of fundamism, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just shortly put, they're the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. Every single person listening here has had a bad day, and People ask me all the time, as a motivational speaker, Paul, do you ever have a bad day? And the answer always is a resounding yes. The difference between me and a lot of folks is that I understand when I'm mired in sadness, anxiety, or or depression, and I gravitate towards the things that give me strength. I incorporate my fundamentalism. You've referenced many of them, Larry. Thus far, you've talked about listening to music with purpose. You've talked about, um, you know, relaxation and and uh, getting rid of 
of old, the old world, to hear you put it, or old anxieties and whatnot. Those are all fundamentalisms. So I appreciate you sharing that. And there's, there's, there's no surprise as to why you're a featured guest on the first ever Fundamism podcast. So you mentioned a question or you asked a question, what about me earlier? And so what about you, man? Like, what the heck do you do? We're sitting here in this beautiful, beautiful space that it could only be defined as a, a, a creative outlet. What is the shop located in Kansas City, Kansas? Sure. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because, I, you know, I've been here a little over a year, as you know. And, um, you know, in the beginning, I had my plans for what this place was going to be. We were going to do all kinds of photography. We were going to rent the studio out. We were going to turn it into a business, that kind of thing. And the more uh, I went along, I started to notice that things were just kind of happening organically rather than them being my plan, Um, which goes right along with what I was telling you earlier about waking up every day and going, I'm going to be guided, right? So I don't have a business plan. I don't have a plan. I just get up and I do the things I enjoy. I, you know, and don't get me wrong, just like yourself. I mean, I go through things as well, but these are the things that help me get through all of those traumas or past things that I have to deal with internally, um, you know, to become a better version of myself. But the shop is slowly, I I hate to even say that I think I know what it's going to be because it's really hard, you know, uh, I think a lot of people would say, hey, that guy's a photographer, right? I don't really label myself as anything. So I've opened myself up to be able to look at other opportunities that come through, whether it's my passion or somebody else's passion. So it's kind of a collaborative thing. You know, we've had music in here. Um, People have come and played private shows. And we've had uh, all kinds of different types of artistic mediums. photography. I mean, you name it. We've Anything revolving uh, around art and music, the right brain, that right hemisphere of the brain, it's kind of, that's the flow through here. Mm. And, you know, I think purposely I have kind of steered away from any left brain activities, you know, the planning and things must go this way. And um, that has really helped me to have more acceptance for the way things unfold, which you know, as I told you before, I mean, I was kind of a, you know, in the corporate world, I was a real control freak. Hmm. So it's helped me to, a space like this has helped me to let go, uh, learn to let go a lot better, lay back, be more at ease, um, just enjoy life, even if it's something as simple as just solitude in the place. I spent a lot of time here by myself. And I know we've talked before that uh, sometimes being by yourself, specifically you, Larry Perez, gives you strength. And that's interesting because I typically am energized more by others and collaborative approach. And I know that you appreciate that, but you sometimes are the exact opposite of me and that you're lifted up in solitude. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about that personal journey and the left brain. Um, but I also know that you know folks are wondering, how do you create revenue doing what you love or that you're passionate about while still feeling like as though you're retired. And so you gravitate towards the things that give you strength and lifting up and and more right brain um, activities. I do know, however, you also run multiple different types of of businesses or revenue streams, one of which 
I've had the pleasure of leveraging, and that is your your website design. So mm. what is that meant to you and what does that mean to you? Um, it's funny. Website design. It, it's a label, right? Uh, really, all I'm doing is helping people with the knowledge and things that I have through direct experience from my past, right? The, the whole corporate world. So basically what I do is I, I help people to brand, to look you know, have to, to be able to put messages out there, a strong message for visual communicators. If they're looking to get, um, attract more clients or a different or specific clientele, we go through a process of discovery to see what that is. And then we begin to put that, what that looks like together for them. So when you say website design, that's a very surface type of thing. And although I don't mind, you know, that's what most people will say. I'm just a web guy, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that's what, that's what I thought you were. Yeah, I know. I know that's why I brought that up, but, um, really deep down inside it's, it's, it's the feeling of helping somebody accomplish something that, uh, they have, you know, turning something they've always thought about or dreamed about or struggle with or whatever and having that challenge in front of me and going, okay, well, let's consider this. Or, you know, what about that? Instead of telling them what to do, I let them, I get to sit back and watch them go through the journey. And that's the stuff that makes me tick mm. inside, you know? So there is a revenue stream from that. There can be a revenue stream pretty much from anything that you want to do. I mean, a lot of people, I grew up, I'm a generation. Xer. So when I was coming up through school, I would often hear as I was, you know, kind of uh, disappearing right in front of the teacher off into my own little world, uh, I would be drawing, doing things like that. And I would often hear things like, you know, you, you, you know that you're, you're not going to be an artist. Like you can't make a living uh, being an artist. And I always kind of wondered why. Well, here I am. You as know, an artist. As an artist. And, you know, I followed that for a little bit. And, you know, so this goes way back to when I was a kid, starting to follow the things that everybody else thought was best for me. Mm. And I knew as a kid, even I knew even like fifth, sixth grade, I didn't want to go to school. I'm not a left brain person. You know, I didn't want to attend school. I just wanted to pull on girls' pigtails. I just wanted to do all those crazy things, you know, in school. And it just didn't fit. I didn't fit. I didn't fit in that kind of thing. So um, I went ahead and started really kind of looking at, well, maybe they're right. Maybe they are right. Maybe there's something to that. And uh, one thing led to another. I did a 20-year, I had a 20-year career in the automobile industry, wildly successful, um, you know, almost 15 of those years right here in Kansas City with a really very reputable dealer group. And what's funny is in the transition to fundamism, I uh, discovered along the way that the things that this company that I was with was teaching me were the right things. You know, how to have consideration for people, compassion for people. Nobody wants to go in and buy a fucking car. Yep. Let's just... We'll just lay it out sure. there. Nobody does. Okay. So times have changed, obviously, since then to accommodate that. But back then when I was doing it, nobody wanted to be there. So they taught you how to have respect for people. They taught you how to um, t 
talk to people, how to understand their social style, mm. how to understand their personality, their communication style, that kind of stuff like that, which we've had really deep conversations. Countless. About. Right. So um, those are the things that I brought forward that helped me in the fundamentalism part of things because really it's kind of effortless now. I don't really, I'm not going to say that I have it figured out, but I am going to say that I got a great 20 years of education and working around people and understanding how they communicate and knowing, you know, where my, where my quote place is and also knowing how to step it up a little bit too when it's needed. And so um, that's helped me a great deal as far as generating revenue. It's really just the understanding of people that has gotten me mm. there. I'm just happened to, the vehicle happens to be something that I love to do. Sure. I wouldn't say it's website design. That is the end result as far as what people can see. Yeah. But what you feel, what they hear, what we've gone through uh, as a process of, you know, getting them uh, to a different level in their creation, that's the stuff. And just another creative outlet, um, you know, to, to fulfill your right brain, you know, need or necessity there as well. So, you know, you touched on so many wonderful things there. Uh, of course, we touched on this earlier. Fundamism is all about creating a culture of experience, both for the individual and any organization. And it's, it's built on the premise of fun. And fun is all about knowing yourself. You talked a little bit about self-reflection. So fun to me is an acronym. The F is, is your foundation. It's everything that you stand for, your moral compass, how you communicate, your personality style. You referenced all that stuff. And then you went on to say in your corporate career when selling cars that no one wanted to buy for 20 years, that, that they really taught you to understand others' perspectives. And of course, that's the you in fun. So we have our foundation, who you are. We have understanding others' perspectives. And then of course, we have next steps. And and the in and fun is all about next steps. So how do you showcase your strengths while mitigating your areas of opportunity and gravitating towards your own personal fundamentalism and, and learning more about how to bring strength into your life? But to be able to appreciate all the greatness that life has to offer now, Larry, you have to understand where you've been. And so let's learn a little bit more about some of the most challenging moments in your life. So we had <laughs> talked before about um, the two things that I believe create a really strong relationship amongst any, any person that you meet or work with or for whoever that may be. Relatability is one. And so shared experience is something that everybody could get behind and it creates very memorable conversations outside of the work, weather, and family, right? But a second thing that really drives uh, appreciation and connection is vulnerability. So when we talk about some of the most challenging moments in your life, nobody's here to judge. Somebody once told me, don't worry about what people think about you because they don't think about you. Larry, this is your opportunity, man, to come clean. What was the <laughs> most challenging moment in your life? Uh, I wouldn't say there's one. I would say there was a whole lifetime of, of uh, most challenging moments. So early on when I was a kid, uh, I learned to be a taker. You know, and I think that's as vulnerable as it gets. I learned to acquire things through whatever method I could come up with in my head. So I was always a creator. 
Like stealing, you mean? Stealing. I mean, you name it. It didn't matter. And I, you know, what's sad is I picked that up from within my family. Mm. And, uh, you know, it really stemmed from the relationship that I had with my father and uh, what was once awesome, going fishing, doing all of this, you know, became the stresses of life for him, those kinds of things that you don't really realize when you're a kid. All you know is that something has changed, you know. And I used to blame that on my sister arriving, that kind of thing. You know, she's three and a half years younger than I am. So, you know, in a creative's mind, you kind of build your own story. Mm. And you come up with your own conclusions, which eventually end up becoming your truth. And you think you've learned all these things. And you, the truth can never be told. It just can only be realized. Well, I didn't realize it till way later in life. And so, you know, I had the struggle of being a taker. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was. If it, if it was something I wanted, I figured out a way to get it. And that, that's a no-no. Don't go out. Don't try this at home, <laughs> by the way. Today is a little bit different than the 70s, right? But um, that led to a whole slew of really bad situations for my, my parents and my poor sister, she is so just quiet, innocent, laid back, you know, watching this wild man do his crazy things, you know. But at the root of it all, it was all based around what I could get, what I could have. And not that I was directly taught to do that. It was very indirect. Sure. And uh, story for a later time, but definitely one that influenced my thought processes. And uh, so that went on for years. And you know, in 1989, I became pregnant. Oh, you? Oh, yes. The first yeah. male pregnancy. First. <laughs> that was congratulations. Actually, actually my uh, girlfriend at the time, who later became my wife, we were together for 13 years, and so I, I, uh, we discovered that we were pregnant. Right? It's amazing the things uh, that change in your life, and how your priorities change, and how you start realizing that uh, you're going to be responsible for teaching this child directly or indirectly uh, how to be a good human being because that's really what you want for your children when you're, you know, at any time in, a, in, in parenthood. At least I would hope that's the case. But um, So that was 1989, and, and I really started realizing right about that time that uh, – Man, I gotta straighten my shit up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I was I was never a drinker. I never got into the partying. I I never uh, the drugs were not my thing. Uh, it just wasn't. But challenge my mind. I was gonna come up with something crazy, and I was always gonna walk away with some sort of benefit from it. Well, you know, uh, as you go on through life, or as I did anyway, I turned those negatives and those types of things and actions and behaviors, I, I turned those into a strength that, uh, because even back then, even though I had no knowledge, real uh, book knowledge of, of social styles and things like that, I still had to figure out what people were all about, you know? Uh, so I've always been the observer in that manner. And so What's crazy is that I turned all of that stuff into a positive 
which supported my family. I was doing it legally, you know, I was, uh, you know, whatever. You're a good participating member of society, you know, married, white picket, fence, the house, and all the toys and all of that stuff. Well, that was great. It pulled me out of all of that. Uh, but then comes the next challenge, right? It's just this way in life. The next challenge was uh, how do you how do you overcome you know things that are going on in your family within your own family unit? By this time, I had my my daughters, whom are twins. They're twenty one years old now. So we're talking about I'm midway through my career in the car industry, and um, you know we've had the twins. So now there's five of us in the family, and enters alcohol, mm. right? Something that I have not uh, participated in, even though my friends were all doing that stuff. It's just something I didn't choose to do, participate in. So that was a real challenge for me to sit and watch my wife go through all of this and think that I knew what I was doing to help. And, you know, you, you just, uh, nothing that I did was doing any good. So the challenge, um, uh, was how am I going to overcome this? Well, I ended up getting a divorce after five years of really battling that pretty hard. And, you know, that wasn't the biggest challenge. I think the biggest challenge was being stuck in the middle of my career in the car industry. By this time, I was a partner in a, um, in a Nissan franchise here in town with uh, the, the Wolf Automotive Group. Good people. that are the people that I was ta- talking about earlier about how they would invest in teaching, you know, their employees the right things. But um, so anyway, the real challenge was the choice because the choice boiled down to, do I keep my career? My wife's gone. So, I mean, that's not going to, there's no uh, recouping that whole thing while she's going, trying to go through recovery and all of those things like that, struggling with the, the issue. So I had to move on, you know, after the divorce. So the challenge became, I, I can't hold this career up and be a father, an effective father, okay? So I made the conscious choice to go after my children. And um, I was awarded sole custody of my kids, all three of them, all of which are from uh, that marriage. And all of a sudden, it was... The reality of it all set in. I am choosing to give up my career. And this career, I, you know, for a guy that was 30 years old, I was, I was doing well, mm-hmm. right? And so I started having to, I started finding myself in situations where I was having to choose what I created, between what I created on both ends, what was right, I chose my children and I'm glad I did. Number one, the big, that was a huge challenge in making that choice and also making the transition out of that business um, while trying to learn how to raise my children. So, in all honesty, I had no idea. I realized that I had no idea how to be a dad. I did not. I thought that being a father was going to work eight o'clock till seven o'clock at night, sending the money, you know, stay at home wife, kids are all, you know, fed and fat and happy. But, uh, 
when I when I was awarded sole custody of them, there was a responsibility on my shoulders that I have never felt before. And when you become solely responsible for three children, that is a that's a ball buster. Sure. I mean, that can bring you down, but give you the biggest highs of your life. And uh, so they, what did you do with those moments? So, cause obviously that was the defining moment in your life where, and, and just to check in with our listeners, cause I'm certain many of you can relate to what Larry's saying. Here we have an individual right now that's, that's living his fun life. He's living his fundamentalism. He's an entrepreneur. He's doing what he loves. He's essentially retired at the age of 50 but not without sacrifice. Uh, for years prior to, he, he established himself as a, a taker, so somebody that, that robbed individuals uh, of what they want for his own personal gain. Uh, an individual who was married and went through divorce uh, and, and battled um, or had a family member that battled addiction. All of these things we could all relate to. I know I personally can. And then you were awarded sole custody of your children and, and something clicked. You had to, you yeah. had to, you had to, Figure it out. Yeah. You had to become essentially a, a bigger adult, but but that doesn't mean that you couldn't still gravitate towards the things that gave you strength. So, what lifted you up through this time and, and uh, made you realize that I had to get on a different path? Sometimes, what lifts you up is are the things that slam you down. Mm. So uh, you don't realize it, you know. So I got custody of the kids. I started to figure out uh, through them being my my biggest teachers that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, during that time, trying to figure all of that out, I ended up losing everything. And I mean everything, which was devastation to me because I, was, I have always been the kind of person that was like, whatever I want, I can have it. And I do believe that still today, but in a very different way. It has nothing to do with the outer world and more material things. It's in a very different manner. But Sometimes the things that lift you, you can only realize you've got nowhere to go but up once you've been slammed down. So, uh, man, I went through a series. It was right there, 2002. I, I was awarded sole custody in February 2003 in October. It was a complete dump. I mean, I, I had a beautiful home out in Shawnee. I had, you know, all the things that I think anybody would want that would think uh, they would be happy at that point. Uh, I lost it all. And I remember thinking, you know, all I've got are my kids. And the world has a funny way of, and situations always 100% have a funny way of bringing you right back to yourself. And I think that's the first inkling that I got that I've been doing everybody else's work and I've done none of my own. I don't know how to be a dad. Uh, I don't know how to be a career guy anymore, obviously. I can't bring in the money anymore. My head was pretty fucked up. Um, but my mom was the lifting point. She was on her deathbed at this time. She uh, had battled uh, breast cancer for almost 13 years, actually. And um, so I remember it was January of 2005. And you talk about down on your luck. You know, thoughts going through your head about, why the hell you're even here? That kind of thing. I mean, you you know when you hit rock bottom, you you know you either you're either gonna follow through with your thoughts or you're gonna find a different way out. And those kids were my way out. My mom was like, "Look, why don't you become get back to your art?" And I looked at my mom and I was like, "Mom, all my life, all I've ever heard is that I can't do anything with artwork. 
I'm never going to make anything of myself doing that, you know? And um, so it took some convincing. Well, in May of 2005, just five months later, after that discussion, she passed away. And uh, my sister kind of picked up. She was uh, already a uh, professional photographer and wildly successful in Wichita and just um, really just was able to show me all the reasons why I should do it. And uh, so I did. I picked up a camera for the first time. And I remember how I felt. It was like, uh, I don't really have anything to answer to anymore. I can be creative. And it was really one of the first times in a long time that I had felt myself kind of land back over on the right hemisphere of my brain. Right. And it was a relief because it was a challenge to raise three children on your own. So there's a lot of linear, there's a lot of sequential, there's a lot of calendar stuff, there's a lot of this time and that time, it's time, that kind of thing. And so um, that was like a super, super relief kind of thing for me. And that was the moment that I felt like I'm on to something. Mm. So we've come 100% full circle here. Yeah. So we talked about fundamentalism to start and gravitate towards the things that give you strength and and what gives you personal freedom and all of that good stuff. And, and you started your story of struggle by saying that you were always told that you could never be an artist. You couldn't make it as that. And as a result, you were, you were challenged a lot through life by not doing the things that, that you were passionate about or that you love. And it was one of the individuals, I'm guessing, that told you you could never be that finally telling you and giving you the opportunity to be that and saying, Larry, get back to what you love, go do art. And all of a sudden now you're living life and loving it, brother. Yeah. I mean, always every day, it's still, it's a struggle every day, you know, to, uh, to uh, check in with yourself, so to speak, you know, because there's no such thing as perfection. You're always going through and finding things that you can, turn into that make you a better version of yourself sure you know and i'm hard on myself that way harder than anybody else will ever be uh but i do it for a reason i do it because the result that i've gotten from doing that and living the life deliberately with higher conscious decisions uh, being guided and things like that mean that you take the good the bad the ugly and you have gratitude for everything. Mm. It's not just gratitude for doing the things that you love. You've got to also equally accept the things that you struggle with and do your best to become friends with that because if you don't, you, you, you are living and putting yourself in a, in a world of resistance. And if you live in resistance, then everything on the outside world resists you uh, as opposed to just walking up to you and letting something unfold. You know, so I, I have a I, I have a great struggle with that, you know, as you know, back and forth with that. But uh, every day I overcome it. Well, one of the things that I certainly appreciate about you is your love and appreciation for energy. And we're running out of time, so we can't necessarily talk much about it. One of my personal goals is to have Larry as a featured blogger just to talk a little bit about his experience with energy and specifically creating the outcomes in which we want to live because it is my personal belief, and Larry just referenced this, if you live a life of resistance or you're constantly looking for things that aren't working, then ultimately things aren't going to work. But Larry is a, is a perfect example of somebody that envisions uh, his love and his passion and, and his fun 
and he lives it every single day. And as a result, he sees more of it. So from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to say thank you to our first ever Fundamism Connecting the Workplace and Life Through Fun podcast guest, Mr. Larry Perez. Thank you for being on, sir. If folks want to learn a little bit more about you, the shop, uh, personal branding, any of that good stuff, where can they go? Um, you know, personal branding. I, I don't know. You could look at my artwork, I guess, my photography, stuff that I've done in the past. There's a couple of different websites, LarryPerez.com. Um, I was in the music industry doing photography there for a while, so MusicIndustryPhotographer.com. And then... Um, catchingwildfire.com is really more along the lines of helping small business owners, things like that, kind of get a grasp of what we were talking about earlier. So those three things right there. And um, as far as the shop is concerned, um, yeah, KC photo, uh, KC, www.kcphoto.shop. And um, that is all about uh, the shop and the things that we do down here, although it needs a little updating, you mm. know, because it's a business model and we've kind of like moved on from that. But um, it's beautiful, yeah. man. I, you know, one of the things that you said earlier is you're one of your own biggest critics. I, I come in here and I'm invigorated uh, by creativity and uh, the environment. And I know that there's a lot of folks that could feel the same if they experienced it themselves. So, ladies and gentlemen, Larry Perez, thank you very much for being a guest once again. To learn more about Fundamism, visit Fundamism.com. Our featured Fundamism of the month is Let It Go. So one of the things that Larry referenced multiple times is going through challenge and, and being okay with alleviating that stuff from his life. Not necessarily getting mired in the negativity, but moving forward because you can never move forward. Uh, by continuously looking in the rearview mirror. So if you want to learn more about our featured Fundamism of the Month, let it go. Visit Fundamism.com. I'm your host, Paul Long. Thank you very much for joining us in the first ever Fundamism Connecting the Workplace and Life Through Fun podcast. Have a fun day. 